Welcome to the Retro Craptacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Welcome to your own home, sir. Thank you. I, I enjoy being here. Good. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, we have got an awesome show this week, I think. One of my favorite movies ever. Yeah? No. no. Well, well, I like it a lot. I enjoy it maybe on an unhealthy level. Oh, dear. Which is to say I like it a lot. Uh, we watched Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? The worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. (laughs) But there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. You guys tired? Doc, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. This is my town. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> you got your hands full, kid. I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. What did you think of Road? You've never seen Roadhouse. Before, I had right? never seen Roadhouse. Oh no. my goodness! I am so curious, and I'm like to hear your thoughts. Borderline ashamed to say this, but somehow throughout my life, I don't believe I've ever seen a Patrick Swayze movie. What? Yeah, I was thinking about it as we were watching it. I know so much about him. Not even Point Break? I've never seen Point Break. Oh my gosh. Well, you need to watch Point Break. It's just absurd that I've never seen him in anything. That might be the best Swayze movie. Yeah? Yeah. Have you ever seen Dirty Dancing? I've never seen Dirty Dancing. Yeah, that's that's that one's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're okay not seeing that but one. But I just like, I know so much about it. I know so much about him. He's so famous. He's such a, such a like, pop culture icon. Yeah. He's been referenced in so yeah. many different things. And now I finally see him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Wow. Right? Like, there are so many men and women in this movie who make eyes at Patrick, and it's like, can't blame him. Oh, everyone. Can't blame him one bit. Everyone in this movie, with the exception of Sam Elliott, wants a piece of Swayze. Yep. And deservedly so. The dude is cut. That is an apt description. Yeah. Cut. He. It is. It is... It's impressive. It's like more skilled than chiseled. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, what did you think of Roadhouse? 
Roadhouse was pretty dang fun. It's it's uh it's a really interesting movie in that I still don't know and I've I've seen it I discovered it late in light late in life I don't want to wait more recently than than other movies I think I only saw it for the first time last year okay. um and, and it's from it's from what year 89 88 something like that um I do the reason that I went and like sought it out was I it was one of these movies that kept getting referenced when you you talk about like like good bad movies and uh 1989 uh and uh, red letter media talked about they went do this thing every year where they go to uh b fest which is a 24-hour b movie marathon that happens at some college in wisconsin and so i guess roadhouse like like kicked off the the thing the event one year and they were talking about how they had never seen it and so i'd always heard about it and then i found out that Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier did a commentary track for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like a fan commentary track. <laughs> um, and so I was at London Drugs one day and in like the two for ten Blu-ray bin, there's Roadhouse. And it had the disc that had that commentary track on it. So I was like, I want to see that commentary track. Then I was like, I've never seen the movie, so I should probably watch the real movie first and then watch the commentary track. So the day I bought that movie, I watched it twice. (laughs) I watched it once without commentary. And then I immediately went back and watched it again with the commentary track. Worth it. So worth it. And I've seen it countless times since it's a, I guess it's a guilty pleasure movie for me. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how guilty I feel about it though. Cause I think it's just kind of awesome. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I, I went into uh, this movie watching experience expecting a bad movie mm. that would be funny because it was so bad. This was kind of just a fun movie. Yeah. And what was, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it, it it's it's definitely, there's definitely some cheesy elements to it. It's true, true. Um, you know, the monster truck, you know, these sort of things. But, uh all in all, I, I think it, I think, is poking fun at, like, 80s macho machismo kind of movies oh, yeah? a little bit. I feel like it's a little tongue-in-cheek. That, at least that's that's sort of the vibe I get from it. If I'm wrong, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, right? <laughs> yeah, because that... That that opens up a whole new can of worms in terms of how I see this movie. But I don't... I mean, it was directed by a man named Rowdy. Oh, dear. Rowdy Harrington directed this movie. But, uh, you know, it was... I think it's in some sort... It's in some... It is considered by some to be like a cult classic, though. Yeah, that's fair. Like I, I, and I don't know. I see it as kind of like a... Almost like a modern, like, Western, almost, you know? Like, Dalton kind of rolls in... New Sheriff in Town. New Sheriff in Town kind of thing. Like, clean up the... There's the corrupt guy that's, you know, taking the town for, you know, shaking him down. And he comes in to clean it up. And you got a saloon. You got... 
your sheriff, you got the damsel in distress, you got you got everything. You got the corrupt politician guy. It's not really clear what exactly he is. Not super clear, but yeah, all the elements are are there. Yeah, it's totally it's a it's a modern western in a way. And I I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh the movie was produced by the famous Joel Silver. Joe Silver. Joel Cocaine Silver. Oh dear. 80s that's not his actual nickname. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, like 80s mega producers, he produced Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, uh that's why I know that name. The Matrix movies. Uh, what else did he... Like, everything. every Everything <laughs> in the 80s, pretty much, action-wise. Predator. He produced oh. Predator. Um, there you go. Yeah. He's well up there. Hundreds more credits, but those are kind of the big ones that, that stick in my mind. But another interesting thing that I uh, learned when we were reading the credits was that it was shot by Dean Cundy. And I was like, that... I know that name. Why do I know that name? And I went and looked it up. Dude's got Dude's got a resume as impressive as Joel Silver. Yeah? The dude shot the first three Halloween movies, Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, all three Back to the Future movies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Apollo 13, and the first Jurassic Park. Whoa. To name a few. Huh. That's of uh, a list of like 110 credits. Sheesh. Yeah. So there were some top-notch people working on this movie. Yeah. It's it's like Ooh. Oh my gosh. It's a it's, it's like a big it's like a big production. Like this would have been a a a big movie in the 80s. Yeah, for sure. I guess. You know, it's not like some of the movies we watch on this show or some of the the bad bad movies that we enjoy watching where they're made for 10 bucks. And everything is really cheap and amateurish, and that's kind of where the charm comes from, you know. And th- this movie, it's just—I uh, don't know—the charm comes from Swayze, I guess. Well, and oozes from Swayze, oozes from Swayze, and Sam Elliott. That too. Sam Elliott is the man. Oh my gosh, he's that voice. He, I know, that I know. Jaw. Right? Everything about Sam Elliott is great. And he's awesome in this movie too, um, but you want to get into what? Uh, yeah, let's. What, I mean, I was thinking to break down what the movie's if about. You, if you just talked about the plot, it even like it could sound like a, a fairly lame, cheesy movie. Oh, but yeah. then all the elements that brought it together make it pretty, pretty damn fun. Yeah, and i I really, I really enjoyed that. I that I gave a crap about the characters. That's sort of the most interesting thing is you you do end up caring about what happens to the people in this movie. Like when when Red's uh, auto shop gets set on fire. You feel for him. Yeah, like you feel bad for him. And same with when they, they blow up Emmett's shack. Oh, you! I was devastated. You're like, holy shit, I hope Emmett's not dead. Yeah. And he's not. He's wearing a onesie. He's still alive. Big Red, Long John's. Yeah. As an um, old farmer should. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's let's sort of get into what the movie is about for those that are unaware. All right, so we got Patrick Swayze in all his sways of glory, mm. 
Mm. The mullet. Oh, goodness It's gracious. working in this movie. Yeah. It's working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> and few people, few people can pull that off. Yeah. Like, there's few people in this movie that don't have a mullet. And most of them look terrible. Yeah. Most of them. Most of them, except Swayze. Yeah. Rocks it. And he is... He's he's a bouncer at a he's a he's at a bar. He's a club. cooler. A cooler. Sorry. He's the head bouncer. The head bouncer, which yeah. is called the cooler, which I didn't know. You never seen the cooler? I think William H Macy. Uh, no, I haven't. The cooler. No, no it's I not haven't. as good as Roadhouse. Let me tell you. Oh well, then forget it. And not not only is he a cooler, he is like renowned. Renowned. renowned? Yeah, he is well known. Well known. That's a better way. Somehow. Mm hmm. Like, in. there's a list of coolers out there, and he's at the top. Him and... Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett. He even tells the guy that shows up for him. Uh, the guy, Tillman, shows up and is like, I need you. You're the best. He's like, Wade Garrett's the best. Wade Garrett's getting too old. Still the best. Still the best. And so, apparently, people just know... Who bouncers are? This is one of the things I wrote. I wrote <laughs> down that I still have no idea about. Like watching this movie, like people seem to know who he is and are impressed by this. They're like, oh, uh, like when he shows up at the Double Deuce for the first time, uh, he tells one of the waiters, he's like, what? You know, what's your? You got a name? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, what is it? It's Dalton. And she's like, oh, my God, I've heard of you. And then she goes around telling him. I was like, you know what that guy is? That's Dalton. Oh, my gosh, it's Dalton. It's Dalton. They're like, holy shit, that's Whoa, Dalton. Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> that's what, that line comes yeah, up a lot. Everyone yeah. says that. To, to Swayze. I guess he was kind of a short guy. Yeah, I guess so. I think. You know, like Tom Cruise, kind of like 5'5". Five five. Not a lot going on. Vertically. Vertically, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I've never understood how or why everyone knows who he is but i guess he just is this just a famous newsletter cooler. that goes out yeah like bouncer like bouncer dive weekly? bar weekly yeah, yeah i don't know it just goes around the bouncer bulletin there we the go. bouncer bulletin nice nice good one he just travels the country saving bars yeah i guess so i when we meet him he's in new york it's yeah. called bandstand we know that he's been to a few different places and that he he goes in and he like takes charge of the of the energy of the place with the bouncers and basically takes over the whole staff and makes sure that the riffraff is dealt with accordingly. Mm-hmm. And in the opening scene, he deals with some, some dumb chumps. One of them sucker stabs him. Yeah. While he tur- turns his back to, like, let him be, even though he was being rowdy and stuff, and yeah. then he grabs a knife and stabs Patrick Swayze in the arm. Yeah. And then they are taken outside, and then they're like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's fight. And then Patrick just turns around, turns and, around walks and walks back, back inside. inside. Yeah, leave him outside. Real power move. So good. Got a wall of like muscly dudes stopping them from getting back in the bar. But yeah, then he's like stitching himself up because this is the other thing. Is like he carries his medical records with him at all times just because it makes things easier. Yep. Which is what he says, and but he's he like... had a stitch wound. Yeah, so he's like stitching himself up, and then this guy's like, I need you to come clean up my bar. It's called the Double Deuce, out, in, out by Kansas City. It's a name that's never really addressed. No. Ex- except for when no. <laughs> except for when Sam Elliott comes up. 
oh, yeah. the bar for the first time and <laughs> looks up at the name, the double douche. He's like, the double douche. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's good. good. Why? Why, I don't why know. double deuce? It's not a it's not a good name. It's not a name that inspires confidence. No or class. No. No. Neither of those. No. But it is, you know, a roadhouse. So at least it makes me think it's of strong bad. The double deuce. Yeah. Um he, it's described by the owner himself as the kind of place where they sweep up the eyeballs after closing. <laughs> So that gives you kind of an idea. But when he shows up at the bar, he doesn't fly also because it's too dangerous. Oh, yeah. So he abandons his beater car, gives it to a homeless man, uh, and then drives his Mercedes uh, from New York all the way to Jasper, I assume Missouri? Probably. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, but also just real quick, like one, one thing that, that stuck with me, we don't, mm-hmm. know, we don't know a lot about Patrick's character, Dalton. We know that he's cool-headed and commands respect and authority. Yep. Um, but then, like, why'd he quit his job at the beginning? Like, he's offered a job. He says, like, this is what I want to be paid. And the guy says, sure. And then he quits the job that he's at. I guess he's done. I don't know. His, I, I assume his, his modus operandi is he shows up at a place... Cleans it up, gets it to a standard of quality, makes sure that there's someone in place to maintain that, and then moves on. And like as he's leaving, he even says, bandstand's all yours now, to some guy. I thought, like, I thought that was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember that now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, was, I was still pretty confused about all that at the beginning. So I assume he just kind of sticks around until there's another opportunity another place that needs cleaning up i guess so then he moves on so yeah to the double deuce hey i didn't really understand the motivation there for quite a while seemed a little weird but i mean maybe he's getting more money maybe asked for more money than he was making probably i i kind of assumed that that was it yeah uh so yeah it rolls up to the double deuce and it's like Sure enough, there's, you know, a, a net around where the band plays. Yeah, like finely meshed. Cause, it's just metal, like it's a cage. Yeah, because they get bottles thrown at them all the time. Constantly. And uh, he's, you know, watching one of the waitresses is selling drugs. One of the other uh, bouncers is letting in underage girls. And uh, one of the uh, the bartenders is skimming from the register and sees all this nonsense going going down and uh something happens and a huge brawl breaks out and uh band keeps playing oh yeah throughout the entire time they're professionals yeah they're they're nothing phases them yeah so then it's like just giant bar brawl breaks out and like tables and chairs are getting smashed bottles are getting thrown everywhere like it's not it's not like a little tussle. Like it's like a it's a room clearing brawl. Yeah. Like everyone is punching everyone. A lot of blood. Yeah. A lot of property damage. Yeah. Like I'm amazed that they still have tables because it seems like multiple tables would be getting broken every single night. 
Yeah, uh, at this they place. Must, one, they must have a room that's dedicated to <laughs> storing extra tables and He's chairs. got a table guy that just drops new tables <laughs> off every day. So, it, so, yeah, so he's just sitting there sipping coffee, watching the whole thing go down. At one point, he, like, slightly moves his head to dodge a beer bottle. <laughs> and gets thrown at him. Uh, but then we get introduced to, uh, after all that's over, we get introduced to the band. And the band is the Jeff Healy Band. Mm-hmm. Classic, good Canadian kid Jeff Healy, blind guitar player plays his guitar on his lap, and uh, it's awesome blues rock band. But I guess they go, they go way back. Him and Dalton, yeah, because they somehow again toss around lines like I remember this dump we were playing down in, you know, Memphis or whatever. Yeah, I guess they just crossed paths at a different dive. Yeah, but it's not like the Jeff Healy band is a band that, like, moves on. Like, they're the house band. Yeah. So they're like a like a traveling house band? Or maybe they just had to quit their last one and came to a shittier place. A shittier place? place? I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Because Jeff Healy also knows Sam Elliott's character. Oh, yeah. Wade Garrett, right, when he finally shows up, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Wade Garrett. And everyone's like, oh, that's Wade Garrett. That's Wade Garrett. Because again, somehow Everybody everyone... got him in the newsletter. Yeah. Didn't you get the memo about Wade? Like, I, well, the <laughs> other thing is, like, Dalton just, like, calls him up one day. Just calls him up at oh. the bar that he's working at, which is having a wet G-string contest. Oh, yeah. He's a cooler at some other bar, and the bartender's like, hey, some guy Dalton on the phone for you. He's like, hey, how's it going down in Jasper? Because he just knows like, the where they are. <laughs> There's this whole, like, I I want them to make a movie about the underground network of coolers. <laughs> and, like, what that's all about. Like, like where they're, like, an ancient society of... of they're like the like the Knights Templar. Yeah, and they keep really close tabs on each other. Mm-hmm. They just they know all goings on with every member of their society, and so yeah, that'd be a fun movie. The the secret society that just makes sure bars don't get out of hand. Yeah, it's a noble cause, I suppose. Harry, but yeah, so that's. So I guess they know each other is my point. Somehow. Yeah, roundabout way of just saying they know each other. This this is like the only thing in the movie really that has bugged me. It's like how does everyone know who he is and how does – and like why is he – because it, it's like – it's with like a, a, a level of like celebrity almost. Yeah, definitely. That he just like rolls into this bar and everyone's like <gasps> – it's Dalton, and I just, I've never really understood why, and it's never addressed, and I guess I'm just supposed to take it as part of the, you know, the the world of the film, and this is, this is how it is. Um, yeah. But it's kind of, logic has, it's always there, yeah. going like, that doesn't make sense, or curiosity as to like, well, if that's the case, then why? <laughs> And I just really want to know. So, 
someone wants to make that movie, let me know. Um, so yeah, so Dalton shows up and starts cleaning house. Mm-hmm. He fires the head bouncer because he doesn't have the right temperament for the job. Huge temper, that guy. Uh huh. And he fires the waitress that was selling coke. The drug, not the soda. <laughs> and he uh, starts laying down his rules. Do you remember the rules? I remember the third one. Uh, rule number one was... Never underestimate your opponent. Expect yeah. the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Rule number one was two things. It was yeah, two right. things. Rule number two... Take the fight outside. Never start anything in the bar unless you absolutely have to. Always take the fight outside. Yeah. And rule number three is be nice. Be nice. Some guy gets up in your face, calls you a cocksucker. Want you to be nice. Until it's time to not be nice. That was his, that's his rule. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've heard that that, I think that's the scene. Uh, that has been used in like uh, by some police force as like part of their training. Really? Use that scene as, as yeah, as part of their uh, yeah training or uh, orientation. Orientation. Thank you. That's that was the word I was looking for. There you go. Um, yeah, they use that scene in like how to defuse situations. Huh. Because Patrick's way, like, his thing is, like, it's just a job. It's never personal. And some guy says, like, so what, being called a cocksucker isn't personal? He says, no, it's two nouns that are, uh, when put together, are supposed to elicit an emotional response. And the guy says, well, what if what if someone calls my mother a whore? That's way he goes, it, well, is she? <laughs> Which is awesome. Maybe the best come back or like one liner in the movie because the movie is full of bad ones oh yeah like it's true which is another reason why if this was meant to be serious then yikes because it's not <laughs> some of the dialogue some of the dialogue leaves a lot to be desired uh so yeah so he starts cleaning house you know the next night he fires Another one of the bouncers, because he's letting in underage girls and having sex with them in the supply closet. And his defense is, I'm on my break. (laughs) Yeah. Also, (laughs) what's weird about that scene is she, like, has, like, her skirt, like, hiked up and, like, her shirt's pulled down a little bit. And he's just got all his gear off. Yeah. He's, like, butt naked, tidy whities around the ankles. She's got still the majority of her clothes are still on. Like you would if you were having sex in a weird closet, tiny closet in the back of a shitty bar. Because what happens if Patrick Swayze opens the door? Well, then you gotta awkwardly, like, bend over and pull up your tidy whities which is what he does. Yep. But, yeah, that's that's another scene that I've always been like, why? Why does he... Have to be entirely naked. He was probably just really warm. I guess, but I think it lends itself to this. There's a not-so-latent homoerotic element to this movie. Not-so-latent is a good way to describe it. Yeah. 
it's uh it's subtext that really just just puts pokes its head above the surface and just really makes its presence known <laughs> uh every dude in the movie makes eyes at Patrick Swayze at some point uh i want to say there's like as many uh, maybe there's slightly more naked women than there are naked dudes, but you do get a good look at Swayze's ass at some point. Oh yeah, uh, you get a good look at Sam Elliott's pubes. Oh yeah, he unbuttons his pants to show Doc a scar on his pelvis for fun. For fun, but there's just a lot of like shirtless or like open-shirted, muscly dudes with mullets glistening. In this movie, yeah, and when and when there are naked women, they're there, but it's not dwelt on. You know, like there's they're naked, and then we move on. But like when Patrick Swayze is shirtless doing Tai Chi, there's just that's all there's there's glory shots of that for a long time, (laughs) and there's another dude watching him from across the river yeah like our 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 main villain yeah yeah ben gazera um what's this uh brad wesley is the character's name wesley the corrupt tycoon tycoon business tycoon in the town but yeah he's just like on his like little uh like atv thing watching patrick swayze do shirtless tai chi glistening in the morning sun yep and you know, uh, I mean, the most obvious, I think, where the text just subtext just really rises to the surface is the line, "I used to fuck guys like you in prison." Yeah, that's uh, yeah, Wesley's like dog. Yeah, essentially his, his henchman. Yeah, like main henchman. Main henchman who's skilled in martial arts and is yeah a bit of a psycho. Definitely makes the biggest bedroom eyes at Patrick Mm -hmm. more than once throughout this movie. Well, and like, I don't know. I assume it was intentional, but he is dressed and looks very similar to George Michael. Yep. With the, uh, like the, the cross earring. earring, Yeah. Yeah. And like similar haircut and even just like his face kind of looks close to, to George Michael from what I remember George Michael looking like. Um, and yeah, he's always just like making making eyes at uh at Patrick Swayze and even like at one point does like the like come here like curly finger. Yeah. To like in the middle of a fight but he's like you and then does the the come hither. Yeah. finger and it's just for the majority of the movie I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, this guy is straight up just like repressing his homosexuality. Yeah, it's like it's a funny joke you can make. Yeah, uh, and then in the fight scene with the two, when he has that line, "I used to fuck guys like you in prison," I was like, oh, it's not a joke. No, he he's crazy and he wants him. Yeah, but like maybe in like a hateful way. Yeah, like he wants to hate fuck Patrick Swayze. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it wasn't that funny anymore. No. No. But he gets his throat ripped out. Yep. Did you see that coming? No. Yeah. Yeah. 
You never see it coming. Earlier in the movie, there's it like, was addressed though. Yeah, yeah. People are like saying there's you know, rumors about Dalton because you know this, everyone knows about it, mm-hmm. right? I heard I heard that he killed someone, killed a man, ripped out his throat. Yeah, back like, in Memphis. Back in Memphis. You know, there's no way that's true. And then like we learn that, yeah, he did kill someone back in Memphis, and that's part of his mm-hmm. dark past. Oh yeah, it keeps coming up. Like like everyone's always talking about like, oh yeah, you still hung up on Memphis, like that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And then and then he straight up. Rips a guy's throat out. Yeah, the dude pulls a gun on him, says, I'm going to kill you the old-fashioned way, even though they were having a martial arts fight. <laughs> yeah, that line really stuck out to me, too. <laughs> kill you the old-fashioned way with a newfangled gun. Yeah, with a thirty-eight, just pulls, <laughs> just pulls out his ankle holster, goes to shoot Swayze, and Swayze's like, nope, throat rip, and then karate kicks him into the water. Yep. Uh, and then... Throws his body even further into the water and screams at Brad Wesley. Wesley! Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) That's his big... That's his big line. To let, you know... What else do you say at that point, right? I mean... I don't know. You could... Like, I'll rip this guy's throat out! Isn't that fucked up? <laughs> I'm oh. I'm coming for your throat next. Yep. Give me your throat, Brad. <laughs> Something like that. Any of those maybe are better or worse. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, he does... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. Hey, no worries. Um, let, me, let me jump in with my own track then. Yeah. So basically the whole movie is about... He's hired to clean up this bar with all the riffraff, um, but then ends up either through obligation or just through the connections he makes in the community feeling like he needs to clean up the whole town. Because the whole town is basically owned by Wesley. He demands 10% of all the business's profit, and he has like the police in his pocket and stuff like that. And he basically wants um, Patrick to roll over, offers him, money tries to buy him off yeah to let him let him do what he wants because it kind of starts with that bartender who was scheming tips is like wesley's nephew yeah his, his only nephew. only sister's son or his sister's only son one of those. his only sister's son there we go yeah probably both only sister's yeah. only son and he's he's skimming off the register and so tries to like muscle muscle uh patrick into giving him his job back yeah well and so getting rid of him like Wesley sends his like lawyer over, which is I don't know if he's like a, he's dressed like a lawyer. He did look like a lawyer. Yeah, and then he starts fighting. And he starts fighting. He fights like a lawyer too. So, <laughs> uh, but he's like, oh yeah, the like uh, the booze. You may be employed by the Double Deuce, but the the liquor that it is supplied is sold by Brad Wesley, and you know, numb nuts over here is under the employ of. Mr. Wesley, and he's like, "Well, um, I'm keeping my job." And then immediately pulls out a gigantic knife and attempts to fight Swayze. Yep. And Swayze has none of it and beats the shit out of him and throws him through a window. Yep. That's and, why you don't pick a fight. Yeah. And also, well, he he does get slightly slashed on the ribs during that fight. That's true. And then. uh has to go see Kelly Lynch at the hospital, and that's how we in- are introduced to her. She's uh, she gives him staples, 
in his uh in his ribs and he he requests no anesthetic she's like i'll give you a local he's like nah it's fine i don't need it she's like would you like pain or something and he says pain don't hurt which is one of my favorite lines in the movie (laughs) also because what yeah like you could make you could make you know like oh you know it's a golden opportunity for a tough guy line. Yeah, like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Or pain is weakness leaving the body or whatever. <laughs> but pain, pain don't, don't hurt. hurt. It's like, no, it does. That's what it is. It's the very definition of the word <laughs> is hurting. Yeah, it's not great. Again, so that, dialogue, not great. <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, pain. Uh, pain don't hurt. That's his big... His mantra, I guess. Good stuff. Uh, we also learn in that scene that he majored in philosophy. Yes. Uh, at NYU. He's got a degree from NYU in philosophy. It's more character development there for you. Yeah. Someone used to do the, the Dalton prequel movie. Oh, yes, please. Or he's... But who would play him? Uh, Channing Tatum. Uh, Maybe he's too tall. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'd watch it. Because he's kind of, he's smaller, a little, yeah. like, wiry. Shannon Tatum's a little, like, too, like, macho buff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was, There is apparently, I don't know if it's still going to happen, there was at one point a, a reboot, remake planned uh, with Ronda Rousey was going to be the main. Uh, oh, really? She was going to play the Dalton character. Um, Like, you know, the MMA fighter. Yeah. But I don't know, like, she she played herself in the Entourage movie, and she could barely play herself. So I don't know oh dear. how well that would go over. But anyway. I really hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but let's talk about his wardrobe for a second. Oh. You notice how flowy his pants are? Yeah. I mean, and not just him. Other people also have flowy pants. Ben, well, ben Gazzara has flowy pants. It was a statement to the fact that it was the mm-hmm. 80s. It was the 80s. But his pants, especially in the opening scene, are especially flowy. And then he's got, like, shirts that are, like, it's like a... It's like from, a from the back, like they, they look like a button-up. Yeah. But then and then in the front, they... It's like a robe. They, like, yeah, fold in. Or like a kimono. Well, not quite like a kimono. It's like a kimono shirt. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the shirt part. Just the shirt part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it made, not... made me think of like a like a judo uniform. Yeah, a little bit because they were always white too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and he's got that beige sweater vest that he rocks. Oh yeah, from time to time. There's a lot of beige happening. Yes, in this movie, it's not. It was a bad time <laughs> for clothes. Uh, and it only got worse as it, we went it, into the nineties. It did. <laughs> it really did. That's that's true. Uh. So yeah, so he calls up Sam Elliott to come help him because Ben Gazzara keeps, or Brad Wesley, keeps getting, uh, sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong, you know. Red's uh, place gets set on fire and uh, he stops shipping booze to uh, to the, the bar. Yeah, all the, you know, no no one will send them, them liquor anymore because Brad Wesley's threatened them, I guess, and so he's... Calls in a favor, get some liquor delivered, and 
Brad Wesley's dudes show up to to stop him, and that's when Sam Elliott happens to also be rolling in, and big old fight on the loading docks. Yeah, and, uh, that's a good scene. First thing Sam Elliott does in the movie is punch a dude directly in the balls. Yep, and then says, <laughs> "Hurts, don't it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a smile on his face. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, um, what was your what was your favorite part? So one of my favorite parts of this movie is um, the character Emmett. So mm. uh, when Patrick comes into town, you know, goes to the Double Deuce, does his thing, uh, and then he needs to find a place to stay. So he goes. Um, we see him drive up to some barn, and there's some old timey farmer with the big beard. And I say, "Oh, it's Doc," and um, and he says, "You were the one with the room to rent." And shows him to his barn, which has a loft that looks hella nice. It's a dope loft, It's an incredible loft being like above a, nice, a barn. Yeah, like a nice fireplace, a little kitchen area. But yeah, he's just this this old farmer who I think is hilarious. The things that he, like, uh, like Patrick, Patrick is calling him sir the whole time. Yeah. And then uh, I, wrote, I wrote, down, wrote down part of the line so I'd remember. Oh, yeah. Was There's no one. point in calling me sir. That's about as useful as an elevator in an outhouse. Oh no, calling calling me sir is like putting an elevator in an outhouse. Yeah, it don't just don't belong. Don't belong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, "Look, I gotta I gotta charge you." It's like, or money's, or it's not about the money for me. But there's so many Presbyterians around here that I gotta charge you something. If I'm gonna stay in their good graces. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, how's a hundred dollars a month sound? And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, hundred dollars a month right. for that. That beauty. Yeah, I probably I probably couldn't rent a broom closet in Vancouver for a hundred dollars a no, month. Definitely not. Um, two fifty men for that. Yeah, I heard someone was paying six hundred dollars a month to sleep in someone's walk-in closet. Oh dear! Like that was their room. Oh boy! Yeah, ridiculous. We got a serious housing problem. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> like you can afford that much. And Patrick says, like, well, if it keeps you in the good graces of the church. He said, it's funny how money tends to do that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Got their number. And that's when Emmett became my favorite. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy's amazing. Emmett's great. But, yeah, so basically uh, Brad Wesley uh, just keeps causing more and more problems through town. Oh, wait, did we talk about his cars? No. Yeah, so one of the things he does when he when he first gets into town is he goes and he buys an old junker of a car, and he goes to a tire yard and he buys four new tires and loads them into the trunk, because every single night after he throws people out, they go and they slash his tires and throw a stop sign through his windshield and. Yeah, I was really confused at first when he when he goes and buys the car. He's just like looking at it briefly and then asks. What did he ask? There's the price? If the or? headlights work. If the headlights work, it's yeah. got, uh, I can't remember what kind of car it is, but it's got like eyelids that kind of open up on the front. Yeah. Kind of freaky looking, but yeah. I kind of like it. And then he just buys it. And I was like, oh, that was super weird. I, wouldn't, I don't understand why. And then, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, wait, didn't he drive here? Didn't he, doesn't he have a car? Yeah, and I'm like, he has just, his own nice car. Just wait, just wait. And then, and then yeah, it's trashed every yeah, night. Yeah, it gets trashed every <laughs> single night. He's got to put new tires on it, so. Yeah, um... It's it's the little things like that though in the movie that I I kind of like where like the little attention to detail 
where I'm yeah. like, okay, someone put a little bit more thought into this than just like, I'm going to have a movie where there's a bouncer and it punches people in the face. And I mean, there's a lot of face punching. Oh, definitely. Uh, but it's not, it's not just about the face punching. No, that's just a perk, really. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of really nice little things throughout this movie that just make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the scene where uh, he picks up Sam Elliott and they go and pick up um, the the doctor at, at the hospital and they all go out for drinks. And then they end up, like, staying out all night and then going out for breakfast. And they're they're dancing in the middle of, like, the diner. Like, Sam Elliott and the girl are dancing in the middle of the diner. And I, I kind of, I really like that whole scene. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> when Sam Elliott say that girl has entirely too many, too, too much, many, too much brains, brains to have an ass like that. Yeah. Yeah. You got your hands full with this one. <laughs> but yeah, they just like stay out all night and end up at some greasy diner for, for breakfast. And I kind of like, I don't know, something kind of romantic and whimsical about it yeah you know it is yeah i was gonna say cute but then it's, it is, it's it, more than that it is kind of cute it's uh, something like oh yeah i would do that although now i'm like I'm gonna stay out all night i don't have the stamina of uh of sam elliott oh feud and i'm like half his age so frederick <laughs> at that point, was falling asleep. half his age at that point yeah i'm sure he's older now but well of course he's older now that's how time works that is technically yeah oh, fuck um, <laughs> that's that's great uh so anyways then ben gazera starts causing trouble all over town driving monster trucks through car dealerships and whatnot bragging about how he's bringing jc penny to town yeah although why they'd want to show up i have no idea <laughs> um and then yeah the the final final straw for patrick swayze is he is when he blows up Emmett's house. Yeah. And, uh, well, that, at that point, he's like, you know what? Screw it. We're leaving. Because Sam Elliott tries, like, it's like, dude, forget these people. Like, let's just pack up and go. Like, we don't, we don't know these people anything, right? Like, it's just not our problem anymore. Uh, it's so much bigger than just clear, cleaning out the bar. Yeah. There's and he's like, you can go camp. whenever you want. I, you know, I got to stay. And so then finally... Patrick, uh, yeah, Swayze's like, all right, that's it, let's go. Uh, calls up, uh, Wade, or no, Wade shows up at the bar, and he's like, all right, that's it, we're done. Because, uh, Ben Gazzara calls him and threatens to kill either Wade or, um, Elizabeth, the, the doctor. doctor. Um, yeah. and he's like, all right, well, fine, fuck it, you win, I'm out. Wade shows up. He's like, wait right here. I'm going to go get Doc. And we're, you know, hitting the road. Putting this town in our rear view. And he's like, all right. So then he goes to the hospital. The hospital and tries to talk to her. And she won't leave. She's like, nah, I'm from here. This is, this is my home. I'm not, I'm not just going to abandon these people like that. And he's kind of like, okay, fine. Uh, goes back to the, uh, bar where it looks like wade is sleeping on the bar and swayze rolls him over and he's got a knife sticking out of his chest with a note 
pinned to it that says it was tails. So yeah. then he then he loses it and he goes on a rampage where he jams that knife through the gas pedal of his BMW and or not BMW Mercedes Mercedes yeah drives it into uh, you know the front of uh, Wesley's Wesley's house and kills all of his guys. One by one. One by one. Oh, with the exception of old Chubbs. Oh, yeah, he only pushes a polar bear over onto him. Which is a fantastic scene. Well, because his reaction is literally like... He's doing, like, the cartoon. Yeah, like, he's all afraid of these stuffed animals. There's a big trophy room that Wesley has in his house. He's a trophy hunter. And, uh... Crushes him with a polar bear. Yeah, and then he's, like, frozen in fear for a moment, and then has the wherewithal to shoot the polar bear with his gun several times. Yeah. And then it just falls on him. Yeah. So then... It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but didn't kill him. No, it didn't kill him. But, like, Wesley and, uh... Um, Swayze have a big old punch-up. And the doc shows up at one point. Right as Swayze's about to do the throat rip again. But he stops himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And he turns his back, and Wesley grabs the gun, and all of a sudden he gets shot. Boom. And then a camera pans over, and Red's standing right there with a shotgun. And then he gets shot again. And you see Emmett's there. And he gets shot again, and the dude that owns the car dealership was there. And then Tillman finally shows up. He's like, this is our town. And he shoots him again, and he goes flying through the glass coffee table. Boom. Yeah. Dead. Just shotgun the shit out of him. Yep. And then Red collects all their shotguns and runs out of the room. Just as the sheriff runs in. And he's like, right, someone want to explain what happened here? Emmett goes, well, I didn't see nothing. How about you, Red? You see anything? He's like, no, I didn't see nothing. They all, all say they didn't see nothing. And then they ask, uh... Tubbs. Tubbs. Yeah. <laughs> um... At this yeah. point, who has woken yeah, up he's woken up, staggered he's into the room. Crawled out from underneath the polar bear that was crushing him. He's like, uh, do, you, uh, do you see anything? And he looks over at some stuffed monkeys that are doing like the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil yeah. thing. Three, three stuffed monkeys are like, oh, polar bear fell on me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, see nothing. Yep. And then that's the end of the movie, which apparently I've and heard... Then, and then Patrick and Elizabeth go skinny dipping. They go skinny dipping. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, I've heard that that scene, though, is inspired by, like, a real thing that happened. Where, like, some some guy was murdered, like, in the middle of the street in broad daylight. In some small town in the Midwest. And no one no one seems to have seen anything even though he was shotgunned to death in the middle of the day what yeah well that's kind of where the movie took inspiration because it was like a, another guy that was like you know shaking down local businesses and stuff like that and someone wasted him yeah and i guess the but town no folk one... the town it was like a giant town conspiracy but wow. no one no one saw anything and there's no evidence shoosh so uh, that's the rumor i've heard actually i don't know if that's 100% true um what I do know is 100% true, though, apparently, is uh, Kelly Lynch, uh, Bill Murray, is friends with Kelly Lynch's husband. Okay. Good fact. Uh, yeah, he's a writer, producer, has worked with Bill on a couple of his movies, like Scrooge and a couple of other ones. Okay. Bill Murray will phone 
this guy every single time Roadhouse is on TV during this awkward sex scene between Patrick Swayze and Kelly Lynch. Actually. Apparently, he'll, like, phone him up. It'll be, like, 2 in the morning. And, like, Roadhouse will be on TNT, and he'll, like, phone him up and be like, hey, man, turn on TNT right now. And then... He'll and turn it on, his and his, his wife, his wife, sorry. His wife will be having sex, awkward sex with Patrick Swayze up against a fireplace. Yeah, what a character! I know, right? I'm like, what? that's that's a that's a weird joke. Like, it is super weird, but then also, <laughs> like, if I was if I was in the showbiz, I would do that to people. Come on. Well, sure. <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of a random joke to like. To keep doing over and over again? Yeah. Like, to do it once, that's funny. Because you're like, hey, turn on TNT right now. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Turn it on. And then, like, like, ha, your wife's having sex with Patrick Swayze. <laughs> up against the fireplace. Suck it. Click. But to, like, repeatedly do it, that takes a lot of commitment. That's just who Bill Murray I is, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I get, he's got a lot of time on his hands, I suppose. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else we need to cover? I think I got... Everything flowy pants. Yeah. And my other favorite scene is just that uh, someone from Double Deuce comes and wakes up Patrick one morning, and Patrick is just sleeping, hugging a pillow. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. He yeah. does hug a pillow. Yeah. And I just thought, well, ain't that sweet? And then she sees his ass and is awestruck. Very much awestruck. Like, <whistles> yeah. can't turn away, even though she tries. You can that see her try. That ass is cut. It is. It is firm, I imagine. I Firmer than mutton. That's pretty firm. Oh. All right. So, we've discussed how excellent this movie is, mm-hmm. how much we enjoyed it, how much we appreciated it. How do you think the critics greeted this movie in, a, in the form of a approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes, Kayla. Usually pretty bad. Pretty harsh, at least. Did it get like? Did it at least get like seventy-two? No. 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 Did no, it, no. 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 Did it at least get like sixty? No. 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 Did it at least get fifty? No. Oh, what? <laughs> it's forty-five. Di- yeah, you're closer. Getting close. It it sits at thirty-eight percent. Thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. I had so much more fun than thirty-eight percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 81% of Google users liked it, so okay. the people have spoken. I wonder what the what the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is, actually. Cause, oh, 66% of the audience liked it. Because, you know what? It is, at the end of the day, it's really fun. It's really entertaining. Um, I, I enjoy it. Like I said before, I enjoy this movie on maybe on a healthy level. <laughs> um. Yeah, and any time I find out that people haven't seen Roadhouse, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, you need to see Roadhouse. It's so good. And then they see it, and they're like, wow, you were right. That's an awesome movie. So I don't know what are you what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's a good movie. Yeah, I feel like yeah for me for me what always what always makes it a good movie is what I watch it again. Right, because I love to rewatch movies. I do sure. And if it's if I, I wouldn't watch it again, even if I enjoyed it, and I'd be like, eh, I wouldn't watch it again, then it must not actually be that good a movie. I would totally watch this again. So just to just to clarify, you are giving this a a Breakfast Club fist bump, and not a craptacular rating. 
Yes, because it's just a good movie. Well, that makes two of us. Breakfast Love Fist Bump! Fist Bump! Awesome. Well, that concludes our our thoughts on Roadhouse. Just a just a phenomenal piece of cinema from from Joel Silver's cocaine fueled uh, catalog of action macho punch 'em up cinema and probably some of Swayze's finest work. I'm really happy that this this was my introduction yeah. to his work. All right, well, I'm gonna show you Point Break, man, because I still can't believe. If like it's not only one of Swayze's best movies, it's one of Keanu's best movies. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. And some top notch Keanu Reeves action in that movie. So we'll have to check that one out. I don't know if it's podcast material because I think it's universally agreed upon that that movie is excellent. We just watch it in our spare time. It's all good. Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. Um, but yeah, so I just want to actually before we before I do the usual spiel, I just want to say that uh, thanks to everyone who is listening to the show. Uh, yeah, August, I really appreciate it. August was our highest month yet in terms of downloads. Um, so that's really awesome. Thank you for doing that and for supporting the show that way. Uh, and I want to make a little shout out to a guy I met a couple weeks ago, uh, by the name of Bryce Logan has a podcast called let's watch that. And he, uh, gets together with a, a different person every week and watches a movie and they talk about it. And, uh, he gave us a little shout out on Twitter and on, uh, on his podcast too. Um, so thanks dude. Thanks You're Bryce. Cool guy. Bryce Logan. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, let's, uh, I think it's good. Let's watch pod on Twitter. Uh, they just put out episode on, um, the Holy mountain, which is a weird messed up art film from the seventies. It's super strange, but it's a really entertaining show. It's, it's basically like this. He, he gets together with, Someone and they watch all kinds of movies. Um, they've done an episode on Roadhouse too. Oh, so nice! Check that one out. Um, but yeah, until next time, you can find us on uh, Twitter and uh, email uh, Gmail retrocrappod at gmail dot com at retrocrappod on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, the podcast, Apple Podcast app. Uh, YouTube, anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, if you want to support the show with money, we do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash retrocrappod. Um, and yeah, uh, if you give us a like on iTunes, give us a, a rating, a review, it really helps us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and tell all your friends that you like the show. We'll be back next month with a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. For Halloween slash there is a Friday the 13th in October. So I thought, well, what better time to watch, to open our Friday the 13th account on this show? Yeah. <laughs> uh, tossing around a couple of options here. I think I'll throw up a Twitter poll uh, on Twitter. Let let people vote on what we should watch because there's a couple of Friday the 13th movies that would be good good to do on this show. Uh, anything else that I missed? I think that covers pretty much everything, yeah? Yeah, I think we're good. All right, well, thank you for listening uh, to the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully you enjoy Roadhouse. And until next time, keep watching crap.